Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I wanted to get to my next guest, uh, my dear friend, Lee Saunders, president of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, AFL-CIO, and they have 1.4 million members in communities across this nation, hundreds of different occupations, nurses, correction officers, uh, child care providers, sanitation workers. Um, and yesterday, uh, President Saunders, I, I, I was on the Charles Blow show on um, uh, Black Cable News, and I, 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 I was somewhat frustrated, but also encouraged that we have, you know, we, we may not have gotten the uh, John Lewis, the freedom to vote bill through, uh, not for lack of, of not trying, but because you had 50 Republican senators that they were in lockstep not to make it happen. And then, of course, two Democrats that uh, uh, got joined with them. Uh, but the question is, was what's next? And I, what can these young people learn who are now turned on? What can they learn from lab, the labor movement about getting organized? Well, first of all, Joe, let me just thank you for having me on the show. And secondly, thank you for uh, standing up and standing tall, as you always have done ever since I've known you and uh, on issues that you really care about. And obviously, voting rights is a is a major issue. Uh, you know, we we had a defeat uh, a couple of weeks ago. Make no mistake about it. But we cannot hold our heads down and walk away. We've got to uh, recommit ourselves because the battle still continues. And I actually believe that uh, our democracy is at stake. So we've got to continue to 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 organize and mobilize and educate. You've heard me say this before. And our young people play such a pivotal role in this. Uh, We've got to uh, not pass that torch, but share the torch with them uh, and and ask them to become more active. And they are becoming very active, but become more active. And don't get disillusioned. Uh, This was a setback, uh, but we can have a victory if we do what we do best, and that is going back to basics, that is talking to folks in our communities, educating them about what's happening, and asking them to make their voices heard and to be involved. If we do that, and we can't wait, we've got to do that right now, starting yesterday, in order to uh, do the the kinds of things and support the kinds of things uh, that we all believe in. And I think that uh, folks are ready especially our young people and we've just got to to do what we do best man what can what how what can how can labor help them i mean i'm i'm asking like for and maybe i don't know what the asme's plans are but what could what could be the role or what should be the role of labor of the labor movement as it relates to particularly this midterm election oh we we play a pivotal role i mean we have Uh, millions of workers that are organized in unions. We have community partners and coalition partners all across the country. Uh, We are working with them very, very closely. 
we cannot wait, Joe, until this summer or the beginning of September to start organizing our communities. That has got to be, and you and I have talked about this on your show before, it's got to be an everyday occurrence that never stops. And talking about the issues that impact on all of us, labor has got resources, we've got people, and we've got organization. And we've got to work very, very closely with our partners to make sure that the word gets out, the message gets out. There are some good things that we can talk about. We've had our defeats, but we've also had our victories with the American Rescue Plan, with the infrastructure plan that was passed, with the judges, the number of judges that the uh, current administration, the Biden administration is appointing, majority uh, of women, a lot people of color. We've got to continue to push those kinds of efforts, but let people know what is happening across the country and do it now. Do it now. Yeah. We cannot wait. Lee, my, my guest is the uh, uh, president, Elise Anders, who, by the way, he's the first African-American to serve as ASME's president. You brought up the, the judges. Uh, can you expand on that? Because a lot of people aren't, you know, there isn't a lot of focus on what has happened in the last, what, just year as it relates to judicial appointments. I mean, now we're focused on the Supreme Court uh, because of the news story about uh, an African-American woman. But there were major appointments prior to that news story breaking, wasn't there? It, it, you know, he, he, it was, it, it's a great thing what he's doing. Uh, and we need to have an African-American woman on the Supreme Court, regardless of the nonsense uh, the nonsense that folks are talking about on the other side. This is the right thing to do. And the Supreme Court is extremely important, as you know, Joe. But other federal courts, the federal courts are extremely important. And the appointments that he has made, uh, more than 43 appointments so far, the majority women, many people of color, that is going to change the landscape in our courts and have a much more reflective court that represents our country mm-hmm. and the demographics of our country who are concerned about what's going on in this country. So, and we cannot underestimate that. It is so, so important. And many times people don't get it or they, uh, they don't pay attention to it. But this is a big deal. And he's going to continue. President Biden is going to continue to do that. And it means something. For young people, it means something for the African-American community, people of color, it means something. It's a positive step for the entire country. And uh, we've got to support that 100 percent. You know, it's, as you are talking, I, 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 I'm smiling because, like you said, you said this nonsense as it relates to the Supreme Court. But if everybody listens, I always talk about I, I was always taught to listen with a third ear and read with a third eye. For, what was it? You said 40 Judicial appointments, I think that's the number you gave me, or somewhere like that. Yeah, it's 43 now, actually, or more. All right, 43, more. Yeah. mostly women and people of color. And not one news story, not one senator on the, on the Republican side brought it up as an issue like they're bringing up the Supreme Court. I mean, that's what's ironic, isn't it? it I mean, it's, all the, it's very ironic, ahead. man. It really I mean, is. The iron, so wait a minute. Y'all didn't have anything to say about the lower courts. And these are lifetime appointments. 
but then all of a sudden when we get to the Supreme Court, oh, this is discriminatory. Oh, this is, well, you know, what about the 43? Never said a word. I, I mean, that's the irony and, the, like you said, the craziness of it. Well, the only thing that we can do, and we can't stop them from talking, uh, no. but uh, we have another way to shut them up, okay? And, and that is to understand the importance of the vote, and that's why uh, you and a number of our leaders and friends made their voices heard constantly uh, in pushing the Senate uh, to support uh, voting rights. The House did it. Uh, as I said, we lost that, uh, that fight, but it's not the end and we've just got to continue to place that as the number one priority. And everything else essentially falls into place as far as what we're fighting for. But uh, we cannot let these Republicans and we can't let folks who really don't care about our country and don't understand the history of our country, we cannot let them win on this battle. And we can't walk away from it. We can't, we can't hold our heads down and say, oh, we lost and it's over. Uh, That's what they want us to do. And I know you aren't going to do it. I know your listeners aren't going to do it. We've got to push uh, our allies and friends and our union members and people who think like us and saying, let's not stop the pressure. Keep the pressure on. Now, it does ask me, are are you guys thinking or do you have a plan uh, or is it best for me to ask, that I guess what I my my frustration yesterday on with Charles Blow, he kept asking me, Joe, I don't see anything happening. I don't see the enthusiasm. It's like what happened in you know in and on around King's birthday when they took the vote. It's like it's waned, and 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 I must tell you, it shared my and I kept saying, what are people waiting on? And and so I'm asking you. Uh, what are you, are you guys in some kind of war room trying to work this out, or what is your plan? And what do you and as it relates to ask me in the labor movement? We we have um, regular meetings within the House of Labor. Uh, I chair the political action committee of the AFL CIO, and we just had a meeting last week. We've been meeting uh, really about every other week. Our executive council has been meeting, and we're talking about. Uh, and we're going to implement it soon, uh, developing a program, a year-round program that deals with the issues that we are talking about. So people understand what those issues are and understand that we have got to be organized and together uh, mm-hmm. to fight back. And we're going to be sending people into the communities across the country. We're going to be knocking on doors whenever yeah. this virus uh, permits us gotcha. to do so. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a, that's been a hindrance, to be quite yeah. honest with you, because we have not been able to do the kinds of things that we normally do as far as that personal contact that is so important, that is so necessary, because you don't want to expose anybody. I mean, you've got yeah. to be safe. You've got to have the protocols. Yeah, but if this thing lifts, and we're hopeful that it will, and we're starting to do things slowly and safely and going back into the communities, then that's what it's about. This is not rocket science, Joe. You know this. I mean, yeah. it's about talking yeah. to people. It's yeah. about and, listening and, to what people have to say and then implementing a strategy. And, 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 and you also focus, I mentioned this in the hour or two before, you focus on the underserved communities. The, the, these, their votes count just as much as, uh, as the president of, of any corporation. And the reason I mention that is because in a lot of these underserved communities, 
They don't have Wi-Fi connections. They, they, uh, and, and I would, I would, I mean, with the NACP, we used to target, all we did was where the lowest voter turnout, the lowest voter registration, and that's where we went. And, and nowadays, man, uh, th- th- those folk are turned on. They, 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 they are turned on, and I think they're just waiting for people to knock on their door and help them because everybody doesn't have Wi-Fi. Well, oh, it's, it's, it's especially in the rural areas, especially it's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. in the rural areas. But, I mean, again, yeah. I said this earlier, this is not Go rocket ahead. science. This is yeah, getting back not. to basics and doing what we have done all of our lives and, and what we were yeah. taught to do, right? And, and that, that is oh, yeah. getting in there and educating folks and talking to people and saying, you've got a responsibility to participate in this process. Don't get frustrated. Get even. There you go. I got to make, you know, I just wrote that down. I wish I had talked to you last night because that's because I kept saying I'm frustrated. And and he, and I should have. I, I Man, you're brilliant. I, I got Well, I'll give you credit. for. Well, no, I won't. I'll do like Jesse Jackson. I, 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 you know, Jesse, Jesse once said, oh, Joe, that's brilliant. I said, well, you give me credit for you. Okay. Oh, no, I'll, hey, I'll just Feel free to use it anytime you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, free to use it. <laughs> yeah. I'll charge uh, but, you later, okay? <laughs> now, let me, let me end, and first of all, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for the time. Um, the new job report uh, came out. I don't know if you've had time to analyze it, but if you have, uh, what I see here, the new job, jobs report was more positive than expected, 467,000 new jobs created. Um, and, and of course, the, the COVID, you know, the Omicron is, is having an impact. Uh, I'd just like to get your, your thoughts, if you've had a chance to analyze it on, this, on the job report today. Well, I, I haven't looked at it very closely yet, but uh, uh, let me just say this. We have a, um, uh, a kind of energy in this country where because of the virus workers are really re-examining their jobs Uh, they are identifying what's important in their lives and especially young people and we've got to make adjustments uh, uh, because of what's occurred with the virus as far as work is concerned as you know uh, we represent, and you said it earlier in the program, 1.4 million public service workers who are what we term, we call them everyday heroes because they provide every kind of public service that you can think of. They didn't have the luxury of staying home. Uh, they were on the jobs. They were working with no personal, uh, uh, no, uh, not the, the proper equipment was not given to them. Uh, they were uh, risking their lives and the lives of their families going to work every single day yet they performed those vital public services. But you have a a strange phenomenon going on uh, where workers are saying enough is enough, and we've got to have a share, a bigger share of that pie, okay? So you've got the the numbers are growing, but you've still got a huge dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. within the labor force. And that, that dissatisfaction comes from the fact that people don't believe that they're being treated fairly and they're being put at risk. And their wages aren't as high as they should be. Their benefits aren't as good as they should be. And so that's why you see the number of strikes that are taking place across the country. That's why you see places like Starbucks and museums where we're organizing workers. Workers are saying we need to have collective representation. We need to have a seat at the table to change the way 
work is provided to, to change the structure that exists to improve our work lives. And so I believe that we have a huge opportunity. Uh, 68% of Americans across the country believe that labor is a vital necessity in this country. That's the highest it's been for a long time. Long but time. This. Yeah. Listen yeah. to this. 77% of young people believe that unions are absolutely necessary. So we've got a responsibility. That ceiling is out there. We've got a responsibility to talk to those folks and organize them into unions because that's where you can have a seat at the table. You've got people walking away from jobs right now because they just say, they're saying we aren't getting paid enough. We aren't going to risk our lives to do this. We don't have that seat at the table. We've, we have an opportunity to, to organize like never before and to provide that level of comfort, meaning better wages, better benefits, uh, better health care, all of those kinds of things, to workers who are now unrepresented but want to be represented by unions. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, so that puts a, a huge responsibility on labor shoulders, but the, the atmosphere is there. I mean, the opportunity is there. Um, you know, employment numbers are starting to increase once again, but you also see that folks are leaving work, right? I mean, folks are saying, we aren't doing I mean, based, but because of a number of issues, low yeah. pay, lack of child care, all those kinds of things. We've got to address all of those kinds of issues. Yeah, yeah. And isn't it ironic, uh, especially as it relates to ASME, and I've been reading this, that the two of the uh, – uh, entities that have been hit the hardest, uh, healthcare workers, teachers. I mean, you know, and 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 and, uh, and like you said, these folks who every time I see sanitation workers, I think of ASME, and they're out here. Imagine what it would be like without the work that they did, or like you said, the and 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 these everybody lines up to go get that Starbucks. Those and these are based, those are young people. All these are young people behind those counters, and they've had it. They've had it. You know, I I I really appreciate it. I don't know if y'all caught this, but um, I I don't know how many times that Lee Saunders used the word organization, because <laughs> that's really what it takes. It it takes organizing. I thank you so much. I hope we can get you back on. Uh, anytime, brother. You, anytime. Uh, Especially as you start to put together, and I, I assume with your allies and and partners, uh, the, the our effort to push uh, right now, not wait till October, uh, of voter education, voter registration, and then finally voter participation. Um, to me, that's always been the three components. And keep me posted, and anything that we can do here. Don't even hesitate to call Lee Saunders. Well, thanks for having me on the show again, Joe. And uh, you take care and be safe. And I think, based upon our last conversation, I owe you a dinner when you're when you're eating uh, uh, the regular kind of food. So uh, <laughs> you just give me a call, man, and uh, we'll sit down and enjoy. I, I pass your I pass your office building almost twice a week. <laughs> twice a, uh, during the week. one of these days, I'm just gonna pop up there and say, "Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no. Let's go." All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank God you, Joe. Bless. Be safe. All bye right. bye. You be careful. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime 
on the Sirius XM app.